the Loose Cannons podcast is a free-form discussion about film that contains mature language, such as poop and titty, and descriptions of mature situations, such as filing taxes and raising children. We do not have any concern for spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film or films we are discussing and don't want to have the twists ruined for you, please watch the film before listening to the podcast. Hey everyone, it's another Loose Cannons podcast coming at you. Um, continuing in Pop India Month, we have a guest host joining us, but I realized that I didn't prepare for it, so I don't have the guest host intro oh, theme no. to play. Oh, no. <laughs> so Bring we won't get out. to hear Bring it live. We can <laughs> we can uh, edit it edit it in. But uh, uh, joining us today is uh, Basil's friend Prabhu. Hi, Prabhu. hi, everyone. <laughs> Uh, you're welcome to introduce yourself if you like, or if high is enough, that's fine too. Uh, if you don't wanna. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, today we're going to be discussing uh, 2000's Hey Ram, directed by Kamal Hassan. But before we do that, let's do this. It's a little segment we like to call Harold's and Denouncements. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, do you have anything you would like to herald or denounce for us? Yes, um, I was actually pretty excited. I've been going through the AFI movies that we either uh, blackballed or have been voted out of contention by uh, the previous uh, elections on what we're going to watch. Yeah, the previous lists. So um, I saw The Sound of Music last night. And uh, it kind of rules. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, first of all, like the songs are pretty timeless, and I enjoy them. I guess probably songs because it's my, time. yeah, yeah. Well, probably because it's my mom's favorite movie, so I've, I've heard them endlessly, and I like know every one of them by heart. So it's just like, hey, this these songs again, like yeah. But um, I was much more surprised by uh, Captain Von Trapp's like ideological like steadfastness and like hating nazis like i it's something that i didn't remember about the movie but he like puts up a really like strong ideological ideological defense against the nazis where right? he's just like that you you think about it in terms of like they're not like saying they're going to take stuff away from him they just want him to lead their navy because he's like this awesome na- like naval captain and so like He's ostensibly he ostensibly stands to like benefit from being part of the Nazis in Austria, and he's like absolutely not. He's like <laughs> I am like completely ideologically opposed to these people. I will not join them. I he he says it's unthinkable at one point, and he like rips up the Nazi banner that they put on his house. And I was just like, this guy's pretty awesome. Like, <laughs> this is the way that people should have treated Nazis. They should have been like absolutely not. Get the fuck out of here. 
And um, I really liked that. And um, I also like that this movie is basically like its plot is driven by people making some of the healthiest choices that I've ever seen people make in a, you know, what's ostensibly like a romantic drama, I guess. But like people are like, we should break up because we don't really love each other, right? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, or we should get together because we really love each other, right? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and then, they're, you know, there's there's other parts where um, um, I, I remembered the song 16 going on 17 as being like kind of a weird song, but it feels a lot more subversive the way that they play it because it's sung between a girl who's in love with this boy who is literally a Nazi. Like you find out he's literally a Nazi after that. And later they like reprise the song and Maria's like, yeah, all that stuff he was telling you in the song when you sang it before, like is bullshit. Like you should just like go at your own pace. Like don't listen to him because he's horrible. Right. And I was like, wow, this movie like really nails a lot of that stuff. And I didn't expect that. Sixties um, were so pretty yeah. cool. I I was I was really pleased with it. I also really liked the performances. I like um, I think uh, Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer have good chemistry too, and I think they're very funny together. Nice. So, I uh, yeah. I also think that Christopher Plummer and I forget her name, but the woman that plays the Baroness actually have good chemistry too, but in a way that makes their relationship feel like it's a, a formality rather than something that they're really invested in and i thought that they did a good job of bringing that point across where it's like these two people seem like they would be nice and they would be friends but they don't seem like they should be married nice. and i i liked that part of it too because it's not like she's just some like horrible shrew who's just like and you just like mm -hmm. don't she's not like the character who is mean so that mm -hmm. you want the two people with symmetrical faces to get <laughs> together like she's actually yeah. like yeah she's actually like pretty nice but she has like different needs than what christopher Palmer can give her and i was like that's really sweet that the movie even takes care to be like she's not a bad person yeah either that's one of my biggest problems with uh the original parent trap or whatever the like <laughs> the two Haley Millses are like so relentlessly mean to their like new stepmom and I'm like this is horrible you're so awful to this woman like she's not a great but like she just has different interests it's like oh she's a terrible person because she doesn't like hiking or whatever and I was like I don't like hiking that doesn't make me a bad person for being a jerk Haley Mills <laughs> yeah yeah as well. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, denounce Happy Anniversary. It is a new movie from uh, Netflix with uh, Ben Schwartz and Noel Wells. It's kind of a um, romantic dramedy. Uh, one really nice thing that I'll say about it. A rom-dramedy. Yeah. <laughs> a rom-dramedy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, is that it is 78 minutes long and Netflix has been releasing these like unconventionally short movies lately and I'm pretty excited about it I think it's a it's a good length for a movie to be even a bad one I was like well it didn't take very long to watch that bad movie so <laughs> and uh, and I mean it's not terrible it's mostly just like bland in a way that I don't appreciate which is like 
it's the uh, like indie rom com dramedy uh, formula where it's like ah, uh, like Hollywood movies they always like don't get it how like being in a relationship actually is. So now we're gonna show what it's really like to be in a relationship and the like everyday like fights and things like that. And like there's nothing like in its specificity, it's still like blandly specific where I'm just like, okay, this is like the same kinds of fights that we always see couples have in their uh you know, in their indie movies. Nothing about this is that interesting. Uh Schwartz and Noel Wells are both funny actors, so they have like some fine chemistry together at points, but uh, it's it's very silly. And also uh, does the same sort of thing that a lot of them do where in the end, it's like about like the woman like learning her lesson, like that, uh, like, see, you thought he didn't appreciate you, but you were wrong and you didn't appreciate him and ha, in your face. And I was like, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they get together at the end. At least it's not like a ah, it's too late now. You missed your chance, dummy. But uh, it's still kind of like a, you know, there uh, she's uncertain and uh, he is more certain, and then she learns her lesson for her uncertainty by the end because <laughs> I don't know. So no thanks to that. Because it's important to punish women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy. But uh, uh, Prabhu. Like forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I Babu. I don't have anything going oh, on. Good. Um. Okay. Did uh, this is Ruben? Did I talk about adventures in babysitting on this podcast? Ooh. No. I can't remember actually. The, you, t- you definitely talked to me about it in real life, which yeah. makes it hard for me to... <laughs> <laughs> um, a movie I will denounce. <laughs> uh, starts off really, really well. Elizabeth Shue lip-syncing and dancing to And Then He Kissed Me by the Crystals with her uh, picture of Bradley Whitford, the guy that she's in love with. Bradley Whitford. Oh, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. He's the cool guy in this movie. Very plausible. <laughs> <Perfect> casting. <laughs> um, and I was like, hmm, this is exciting. Christopher Columbus made a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. This is like one of the best opening scenes I've ever seen in the movie. And then almost everything after that is bad. <laughs> um, Columbus I mean, I had some of the <laughs> same problems as other Columbus movies, which is that it's not well shot. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good-looking movie. Um, and it also has that weird 80s thing of, uh, like, a conservative mindset, especially when it comes to crime, which is that crime is, like... I mean, I know that crime was, you know, indeed up in the 80s, and that's part of where that mindset comes from, but it's, like, rampant and weird and sprawling and unsociologically right. based in a way that's very strange. Like, everyone is just, like really awful to other people sometimes for like no reason Mm -hmm. um and like switches will come very strangely like they are uh the essential plot is that 
Um, after Bradley Whitford blows her off, she accepts a job babysitting. And then her friend, who has been threatening to run away, decides to and goes to the Chicago uh, train station or bus station, but then freaks out and doesn't have a way to get back home. Mm. So Elizabeth Shue agrees to take the kids that she's babysitting to the train station to pick up her friend and then experience all sorts of duress on the way. And the first thing that happens is they have a blowout on the highway and this tow truck driver just like pulls over and offers to help them for free. And I'm like, this is nice. But then like while he's towing their truck back, he drives by a house where his like wife is cheating on him with someone and he just like jumps out of the car and starts shooting a gun what? into the house. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, this seems like reasonable behavior for the person that this truck driver had been established or as just... previously in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought you were going to... And just completely abandons them. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was just going to be like he, instead of doing that, he like steals their car by towing it away, which would make more sense, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that would be more, yeah, more sensical mm. if... Uh, m- more disturbing, right? Me, yeah, more cynical. Um, yeah, more cynical. Um, and then uh, Elizabeth Shue meets like a nice college guy at a party, and they end up kissing at the end of the movie because Bradley Woodford, of course, bl- was blowing her off for another girl. Mm. Um, was lying, but uh, over the course of the night, they meet a a, a car thief named Joe Gibbs, who's unreasonably nice to them. The entire movie but he's never presented as a romantic option for her because he's black oh. and i'm like mm, she should have ended up with joe gibbs not that boring college right. guy <laughs> joe gibbs charming car thief <laughs> don't, don't they sing the blues in that movie as well yes <laughs> <laughs> sounds good oh boy it's an okay scene. At least they're forced to do it, which doesn't make any sense. Like, I <laughs> yeah. guess they're going to force white people to sing the, the blues. <laughs> yeah, they just sense. force every new person that comes into there to sing the yeah. blues. Yeah, they won't. They won't let them leave if they like. So, there's a back door, and they're like, you can't go out the back door unless you sing. Yeah, back doors for performers only. <laughs> so, and because they're trying to escape from criminals, they want to go out the back door. <laughs> And then the criminals try to follow them, and they're like, I'm gonna go out the back door, you gotta sing. Yeah, that would be a good <laughs> way to sing the blues. If a club didn't want white people in there, that'd be a good way to troll them. Every time a white person showed up in the club, they're like, All right, you're here, you gotta sing. <laughs> I, I should remember uh, seeing that on, I think, TNT, uh, and the announcer, whoever it was, was like, like right after that, it cut to the commercial, and that's it's like that very realistic scene there of a bunch of white children singing in a blues club. <laughs> oh, and the movie is like I think over uh, doesn't recognize that the extremely dangerous situations that they're in sometimes is not like tense or funny, which is like supposed to be the mood of the film like it's legitimately upsetting like there's a part where a young girl climbs out onto a skyscraper and it's like climbing along the windowed edge of the skyscraper and i'm like i don't like this in the context of this movie at all 
Like, I'm really scared that that little girl is going to fall a thousand stories to her death. <laughs> it's pretty funny, though. <laughs> Classic Christopher Columbus ability to handle tone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <coughs> let's talk about Hey Ron. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm doing the plot. Sorry. Um, so um, the plot follows... Uh, Man, his name's uh, Sakurath Ram, right? Sakitam. Sakurath Ram. And uh, he uh, marries a woman, and shortly into the movie, she's uh, murdered by um, a group of uh, Muslim men, and uh, this kind of pushes him to become like a Hindu extremist, an anti-Muslim Hindu extremist. And he joins up with a bunch of other uh, Hindu uh, extremists, and eventually they hatch a plot to try and uh, murder uh, Mahatma Gandhi for um, because they think that he's being too uh, nice, I guess, to the Muslims. Yeah. He, he yeah. believes that you know he's trying to end uh, uh, <coughs> find a way for Muslim and uh, Hindi. Uh, to live together and they don't like that <laughs> and then other things happen in the movie um so uh Prabhu, this was uh your pick um how do you feel about this movie do you like it not like it uh i like the movie overall like you know first i saw this movie like when i was like 10 years old sure like, <laughs> i was like okay what's going on intense movie for 10 years <laughs> yeah. i was like oh my god like they're trying to say something, but I don't know. But mm-hmm. I, at that time, I thought like I liked, but I didn't know like what I liked about the movie. Sure. Uh, so, like when I watched like you know recently, like part of the podcast and like sometime earlier as well. So that's when I got the plot. Like you know, I like that like psychological like uh, struggle that he goes through. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that's kind of. Uh, although it's like a, this is a mainstream Indian film, so sure. uh, like, although like it's kind of like a unique plot like for Indian films. Like, oh yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know, so not like the ones that we usually see. Sure. Yeah. Very little singing in this movie. Yeah, and then <laughs> dancing. <laughs> yeah. And other things are contextual. Yeah, that's together. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I like the movie overall. Like you know, we can go over in details like after we hear everyone's opinion. Sure. Uh, Ruben. I also like this movie. Um, I might like it more if I saw a better copy. Yeah. And I might like it less if I knew more about India, Indian Pakistani politics, because mm-hmm. I don't really know that much about it. But sometimes it seemed like I was treading kind of a thin line. But um, in a way, it reminded me of a movie that. Uh, everyone on Loose Cannons has liked from this year called Death Wish (laughs) and that it's about kind of a nice boring guy becoming a psychopath (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it never really seems to think that that's cool seems to think it makes him pretty shitty there's a a part uh, where it's really not pulling his punches afterwards where right after his uh, wife has been raped and murdered he um, 
goes on a killing spree and he's just shooting everybody and then he finds um I assume like the daughter of one of the people who he's killed and she's blind and she's like are you my dad and he just walks away from her <laughs> leaving her to probably die yeah um, and the fire and like, that's mm. raging all around her that's like mm. <laughs> like isn't the exact word that i'm feeling for this but it's a smart decision and <laughs> how to portray violence and uh I think the movie is interestingly shot as well although i'll discuss that in more depth mm-hmm. later hmm. okay. um i didn't like this movie um and i think it's mostly due to the way that it handles tone um it kind of gives me a little bit too much whiplash going back and forth from being kind of like goofy in spots um, especially at the beginning where it kind of feels like it's going to be a movie about like hey these guys are going to be friends even though one of them's a Hindu and one of them's a Muslim and like you know we've you know we've, we've got our strong bonds or whatever and then it like immediately goes into here's this riot and this man's wife is raped and killed and I was like whoa that's quite a like reversal in that short amount of time and I don't know, like something about that, I don't know, like that disparate tone so close together, like really made me, I don't know, I, not necessarily uncomfortable, but more just like, I guess I kind of felt like the movie didn't know which tone to strike exactly. Um, and I, it's, I'm doing a bad job of explaining that, but like no, th- it just something about it felt <laughs> off to me because I I don't know I don't know necessarily that it wasn't the tone that the the filmmakers were going for, but it just felt to me like it felt to me like it was a miscalculation on their part. So yeah, that was just like it, and it kept doing stuff like that where it would be kind of like overly goofy in places, but then it would do something really horrible, and I was like. Why, why be goofy for a second and then be like really horrible? Yeah, like that. I don't understand. Like if if you're gonna make it horrible, like tone down the goofy or like bring the <laughs> horrible. Like find a middle ground a yeah. little bit. <laughs> oh, I'll say if you feel that way, then most '80s Hong Kong movies are probably not for you, especially the more serious <laughs> ones, because they balance pretty awful <laughs> stuff with. I, I I did have some problems with the, a lot of the John Woo. Mm-hmm. Uh, action movies because I was like I don't know if I feel like the goofiness of this jives with someone just being murdered mm-hmm. yeah I would say bullet in the head is the most uh, intense <laughs> version of that because it's extremely melodramatic but then also tries to be funny and also cool yeah. sometimes So the, it's... the killer is the same way yeah, yeah. but uh... but yeah I think that uh, some I mean based on what I've seen, like, a fair amount of uh, Indian movies. It's sort of, like, a similar unconcern of the filmmakers and also audiences. They're like, we can just I have can, everything. I can explain the reason why it, is, it mm-hmm. looks like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and say um, that I'm I'm a little in the, in the middle on this movie. I like the second half of it a lot more than the first half. I think like 
it gets a lot weirder formally in uh, that area <laughs> and uh, like it um, seems to move at a quicker pace I think my main problem with what it was like I like the story but I, I don't feel that it justifies being three and a half hours long exactly <laughs> but uh but i again that's like another thing that's just my own like sort of uh hollywood uh conception of how long a movie should take to get to things <laughs> but uh yeah uh but we can go ahead and just jump right in i guess uh yeah, like, I mean, actually, I also felt, like, the same thing that Patrick said, uh, like, you know, like, going back and forth uh, on, like, you know, the themes and things. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, like, uh, I was thinking, like, you know, why was it, like, you know, this is, like, a, a good movie and, like, the cast is also good, like, all mm-hmm. the good actors, like, why did they do that, like, you know, it didn't feel, like, coercive, like, you know, like, all in a sudden, like, I will give you, like, a couple of scenes, like, even within scenes right so like after uh like sakit ram's like wife dies like he'll be going to uh be like married again like you know during the second oh, uh, sure. like in marriage like mm-hmm. the theme will be really nice like you now it will be like uh uh the song and the marriage things will be really nice like about the uh his uh i think his aunt like mm-hmm. she will faint like mm-hmm. in the marriage like, because she would not have eaten so mm-hmm. to explain that, like, you know, a doctor is around, so they'll, like, they'll interrupt the scene and they'll, they'll bring in a friend and then they'll make a comedy there. Okay, All like, right. he's coming there. So uh-huh. it's, like, a lot of, like, explanation, like, you know, but, like, I think that's, that, I mean, like, the audience, like, uh, in India, like, you know, especially at 2000, like, mm-hmm. you know, like 10, 15, 15 years, like, 18 years back, so they were not used to, I think that's what I would, I mean, uh, at least my perception is like, you know, they are not used to do like, uh, like the film, like they need an explanation, like how come someone came here, like, you know. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Like they need like explanation. Okay. Oh, okay. Here, is, here he is. Like, so he's coming there. Like, you know, right. like, but it's not necessary. Like in the movie that makes the movie like, you know, like too, really long. too long mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of, and it kind of interrupts with the tone too, like as Patrick said, like, okay. Like it, like you. It will be in a, like for example, like it will be like, uh, like the scene will be in a tone, and there will be like a couple of shots, like which is like completely out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just bumping around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that uh, I I didn't like that part either. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. But uh, do you um was uh was this uh, movie like a big deal in India <coughs> when it came out? Uh, or do you know? It when it was. Critically, it was like acclaimed. Oh, uh-huh. uh, it was selected uh, uh, as like one of the movies, like you know, uh, that they might nominate for, like you know, uh, like as an Academy Award. Like oh, for India, the but like best didn't. foreign language. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. they didn't. Mm-hmm. But like uh, commercially, it was not a big success. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, it was not a big success commercially. Uh, yeah, that's surprising because it seems like it has a pretty big budget for, yeah. uh, so they swung in a miss for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I um, I'll admit I I got kind of excited when I saw that uh, Shah Rukh Khan and Rani Mukherjee were in it, and I was like, oh maybe it'll be kind of like um 
like Kucha Kucha Ota High or something uh. like that. And then I was <laughs> like, oh, it's true. not that movie at all. And <laughs> these two people are in it, but they're very like peripheral characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, that is one thing I wanted to talk about also is the cost. So this uh, film, like, you know, you know, like Indian film and this, like India has like a lot of film, regional film industry as well, other than Bollywood, like, you know, pretty much like uh, uh, there were like five or six, like, you know, there is Telugu film industry and Tamil mm-hmm. film industry, Malayalam film industry, uh, Kannada, Marathi, Bengali, and uh, Hindi, which is the Mumbai-based mm-hmm. industry. Sure. So, like, this... Uh, the interesting like since it, this film like ha- this happens like all over India mm-hmm. so like you know uh, like it's not like usually like the films are regional films like it doesn't happen like throughout mm-hmm. India so like the Mohanjadaro is actually like it's before partition right so Mohanjadaro and Arapa is like actually in Pakistan mm-hmm. so right now it's in Pakistan right and Bengal is like Rani Mukherjee is, is a Bengali and Shah Khan is a Muslim mm-hmm. like in real world and oh really mm-hmm. yeah like no uh, and Kamal Azan is a Brahmin and oh sure the one who portrays Mahatma Gandhi Nashuruddin Shah is a Muslim oh, so like you know, all, all of them are like from different like languages and different states like mm-hmm. you know so that kind of kind of like a unique thing mm-hmm. to see yeah I, so I, yeah, yeah I, did, I didn't know that about it so it was like a it was, it was a a team effort, really. Yeah. <laughs> Chennai Express is a fairly uh, national film, as far as as far as Bollywood goes. Do I also feel like that film is like kind of racist? Like they're taking the train going further and further south uh, <laughs> into India, but the further south they go, like the more immoral and ridiculous people become. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. I don't know if I like this. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see Chennai Express, but I, I don't know how to see either. Yeah. By the way, like, I'm from Chennai. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't... Um, I mean, I feel like some of the, the nuance of the movie was lost on me because I, you know, like, I don't have an ear good enough to, like, detect different, like, languages or dialects. So, like, when, uh, when they're, like, there's a part late in the movie when... Uh, like they speak in Tamil to like avoid the other people, uh, like understanding them or whatever. I was like, oh, I didn't know that they weren't speaking in Tamil the whole movie. I feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the way uh, people like Sharkan speaks Tamil and Arani Mukherjee speaks Tamil, they have their own like you know oh, like, like strong accent. accent mm-hmm. Like sure. Uh, and actually, this movie was like made in Hindi too. So, but like I think Tamil is the original version, but like it was made in. Oh, uh, like they yeah. like redubbed it. Yeah. No, no, I think they it's made it both Indian. Oh, like they filmed it both. Filmed, yeah. Wow, that's that's very wow. intense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, and another thing, I mean, the thing that I liked is like there is like a lot of Indian myth that mm-hmm. is put into the film. Like if we know that, like you know, that will give like more, like, uh, how do you say? emotional attachment to the characters mm. so like do you have uh, an example yeah like for example the uh, name like let's just take the Saki Trump character right Kamalasan's character sure so he's Ram and like when he's about to assassinate Gandhi he becomes Bhairav 
So Bhairav is like a name for Shiva. So although that is a Hindu god, that's the god for destruction. Oh sure. Uh-huh. And uh, like Ram, as uh, it's like how do you say, noble, mm. like or like ideal, uh, sure. like a Jesus kind of. Oh, gotcha. Like a, uh-huh. uh, god. Okay. So, so that uh, things like that, like you know, the, the mythical. like that. and then mm-hmm. the ravana uh, and all like you know the, like you know during that uh, and like you know when he goes to uh uh in right after his second marriage he goes to the uh, uh, uh maharaja's like the king's place oh, and sure. they, they they give him some drink right mm-hmm. like all oh, it yeah. soma Mm-hmm. Soma is like I don't think the Soma is like uh, actually there now. It's more of like a acid. Sure. Uh, it's like it's a reference to like Bhagavad Gita, which is like uh, like there there's like one chapter like which is a acid trip. Right. Like in nice. Gita. So uh-huh. like what he goes through is like a pretty much like a acid trip. Like mm-hmm. you know he saws all those illusions, il- like you know, illusions and all those things. Like you know when he's like in that like little uh, right. party and like. uh and then they come they ask him to come inside and then he goes inside and he opens the door like you know it's mm-hmm. like a symbolic of okay he's going to, like a psychologically is like entering into like a different like you know uh like phase and that's oh, where he, they kind of like okay convince him to uh like you know take up the uh task of like assassinating oh, Gandhi yeah going after him yeah yeah, yeah that part yeah. is uh, <laughs> pretty intense <laughs> I love the part when he's I don't know I guess doing target practice and then like when he shoots the gun it becomes like a sandstorm or yeah. something like yeah yeah it's <laughs> a giant uh, <laughs> call those de- like dust devils or whatever the tornadoes mm. that happen in the desert yeah and then like his, his, very metaphorical of his emotions yeah. and his dead wife <laughs> morphs into a gun yeah <laughs> yeah pretty good too. pretty awesome <laughs> and also awesome is not the right word but yeah and then uh, um, the hindu symbol becomes a swastika that's swastika. pretty intense cool, yeah 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 <laughs> forget about that swastika itself is a hindu symbol nazis <laughs> just took it yeah but like it becomes yeah. more uh, yeah. you know yeah. like because they draw it uh, the nazis draw it differently yeah. right yeah yeah it's reversed mm-hmm. yeah. and actually uh, like like in that same uh, time like you know Uh, the horse like you know once like the horse like like it will it will fall on the uh, uh, atul kulkarni which is that abinkya ayengar like mm-hmm. who brings uh, like sakit ram into the oh uh, yeah they shoot the, the horse they the shoot head. the horse <laughs> and then they before they shoot the horse like the maharaja says like you know they close everything like until now this horse was useful but like and now like you know it now it has become useless like mm-hmm. there is like and it is kind of hurting uh, even like us like so it's okay to kill it it's like a symbolically saying gandhi was useful until like we got freedom yeah now we have the freedom from british <laughs> like uh, now this house is not not needed like we'll just yeah. like you know <laughs> the goal is attained <laughs> right we appreciate what this horse did but yeah. now it has to die <laughs> it has to die there's no well, i was not pick- um, i was not picking up a lot of this stuff this is uh-huh. pretty interesting <laughs> yeah uh uh yeah so there are some more like blatantly interesting i guess visual stuff but uh, there's also some 
um, smaller choices that I think are strange mm-hmm. as well. Like, uh, it makes sense that they want to shoot the majority of the movie in color, so the stuff in the te- past is in color, but the stuff in the present is in black and mm-hmm. white. But <laughs> which is, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's like a weird black and white because sometimes, like during yeah. the, uh, it's kind of like all, um, yeah, all the explosions are colorized. Aren't yeah, they? all the fire is colorized. Um, and it's also, I think it must be shot on a different camera because when I was watching this, I was like, oh, this is, um, like the main part of the film was more, I guess, like what I've experienced in terms of, uh, pop India cinematography, but I was like, oh, this is shot on like a cheaper camera and there's like a lot of shots that are like blown out and that hospital scene at the beginning is so weird. They keep turning the lights off and on in the room and I was like... This makes me, gives me that kind of weird discomfort than like, I sometimes describe movies as being like alien, where I'm like, who made this? Yeah. Why did they make these choices? And um, I guess the, the main story is like a little more traditional, mm-hmm. but the framing, every time it goes back to it, makes me feel weird in a way that I like. Yeah, yeah that was one of the <laughs> things that made me... Uh like you said earlier wish that we could find like a better quality copy somewhere because i feel like that um the delineation between the two would probably be even more extreme if it was like you know actually like 35 millimeter looking like hd and nice in the because even the that stuff in the past that's like shot more traditionally is still like the color's a little bit washed out in the copy that we watched which is a bummer but I guess mm-hmm. that's the that's the breaks when you yeah. pick offbeat movies. And um, another thing that I feel Wes uh, is probably intentional is that um, the general rule with photography and filming is like a rule of thirds, and you normally try to line up people's eyes either with a line at the bottom third of the screen or more traditionally at the top third of the screen. And most of the shots in this movie, the eyes are directly in the center mm-hmm. of the screen, leaving kind of like a weird amount of headroom in like a lot of shots. And it's like everyone is like kind of small, and the sets are the sets in general in pop India films tend to be pretty grand, mm-hmm. um, and their grandness is even more emphasized with how small the people seem in it. And there's definitely like, a, it definitely made me feel like a little, like. History is bigger than, like, individuals. Mm-hmm. Like, we make these decisions and we judge people, but, you know, a lot of times people are sort of just getting swept up in things that they don't super have control over. Mm-hmm. That's sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was an interesting, uh, like, in the very beginning, talking about the sun's... Uh, like books or whatever and they're talking about like biofictional quality and like the kind of i mean it feels like a interesting sort of meta commentary on itself or whatever that it's like oh here's a thing that's based in real life but it's also we made made a bunch of it up and that there's like the <laughs> you know the tension between the real and the outlandish and i was like that's interesting that's cool sort of <laughs> what all movies are because they're real people, but they're doing very unreal things. <laughs> yeah. 
I wanted to. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to address the kind of like. I don't know it feels like a, a weird contrivance that he has to like drop his gun over the balcony into the truck and then like the the truck like him trying to follow the truck to get the gun back takes him into uh like that one part of town where he ends up meeting his friend again from the like archaeological dig before mm -hmm. and then there's this whole i guess sequence where it's like this is where he you know basically like learns to accept his you know like muslim brother again and like where he learns that he doesn't need to kill gandhi or whatever and i was like the contrivance of that feels like it i don't know like it kind of feels like it doesn't belong in this movie it feels like one of those weird like this this would be in a more heightened movie because so much of it to that point has been i don't know like heightened but in a in a way that feels like it's um, I don't know, like, it, it feels more serious than that contrivance allows for, like, uh, something about yeah. that contrivance feels like it would be in, like, a, I don't know, like, a romantic melodrama more than it would be in a more serious movie about someone becoming an extremist, and something about that grated on me a little yeah. bit. Well, I mean, it's also just, like, a long road to get to, like... A plot point that you can get to in a much more yeah. efficient way but uh, yeah that is true they do go through a lot to get yeah. to that factory finally it could be more subtler mm -hmm. and yeah <laughs> just more more succinct but like, i think it's also interesting i mean i had an issue with that uh, which was more like as the movie starts to resolve or whatever like they make it pretty clear uh during that whole thing that you know, there were, like, tensions within the city, but that the riots, like, break out again more or less because of him, and that, like, a bunch of people die because of that, and they don't really, like, hold his character's feet to the fire for that at the end. Like, like he's, like, mm -hmm. he feels bad about it, and then that's, like, enough. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> a whole lot of people died because of you. You're, like, pretty selfish, uh you know revenge thing and then he's like mm, but i learned my lesson <laughs> yeah and also like when shahrukh khan dies right so mm -hmm. the police i that's another thing i actually i didn't like about the film is like mm -hmm. all the like the minor characters mm -hmm. they were very bad like oh, acting. Sure. like, I was like <laughs> dude like can't you deliver a dialogue <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah his uh his friend who uh like the the fatter like bald guy like when he shows up again and he has like that big long story about like oh my whole family died and like <laughs> this person died and my life is so terrible and i lost my job and my uh like factory burned down or whatever and i was like wow this, he's like really intense like this is like a he just shows up to uh, be like here's here's all the sad things that can happen to a person and they all happen to me and then you can feel really bad for him but the way he delivers it it's just like yeah it's a very like intense i liked his first wife and i liked gandhi mm -hmm. but otherwise i agree that i didn't like any of the other performances mm -hmm. gandhi is nashurdin shah nashurdin shah is like actually how do you say he's one of the best actors like in oh, yeah. uh, like in, in, in okay. india uh he, he actually okay. was like in a couple of hollywood movies also like i don't know which ones but like i have to dig up the names sure yeah that's cool though yeah, he's a good actor. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I I like like sometimes Kamala Hassan's acting was a little too much. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, like but like sometimes it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a tough well, like a pathology to pull off for. Yeah. Descending into yeah. madness. I I liked him more when he was like dead eyed, I guess, mm. than when he was like really suffering from PTSD and sort of like losing it. Like when um his the woman who I think will become his second wife sees a lizard in the bathroom <laughs> and she kind of like screams oh, just right. she's like surprised and then he of course remembers his first wife screaming from the attack. And he like flips out like I was like mm, I don't know if I'm into this, but there's a lot of times where he's like really glassy eyed and like looks completely dead inside, and I'm like, mm, this is upsetting. Yeah. yeah, I I actually liked his performance in the scene where she first kind of embraces him. I think uh, because of how like dead eyed he looked throughout the whole thing, and I was like, I I really like buy his inner struggle in this moment because he's like. It's a moment that's, I guess, supposed to be kind of romantic, but also feels unsettling in a weird way because he's so glassy-eyed about it. And I was just like, ooh, this actually kind of strikes a nice weird tone because you're always thinking in the back of your mind about what's already happened to him. And this thing, you know, like, for... um, God, I wish I could remember his second wife's name. Um, But for her, like, it's, you know, like an exciting moment of mm-hmm. what's her name Maitri 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 okay. yeah. Yeah. but for her it's kind of an exciting moment and for him it's like a weird conflicted moment and I think it that movie actually does a good job of putting the audience in the same headspace as him in that moment because you're like oh this is nice but also kind mm. of weird and unsettling <laughs> Too, because yeah. you've got all this baggage to go along with it i think a lot of films uh, have not just indian films but films in general have like one-sided romantic relationships without recognizing like the inherent problems mm-hmm. of that and this one seems very aware of like she's falling in love with him and he doesn't have the capacity to love anyone right. and how mm-hmm. poor of a decision that is on everyone's part true <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and uh, I also. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Patrick. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Like I was going to jump. Like we can, we can finish the. Well, I, I was going to go to something else. So go ahead. Okay. okay. Like in the in the same uh like you know uh after right after like you know the lizard scene right so like the uh there will be a cut to like Bengal again like you know like he will be uh like you know just like walking uh into the same building like where uh, his first wife Rani Mukherjee was like murdered mm-hmm. right like like he will have like a different look like like a with just mustache like you no know, without anything and then there will be a new yeah. person like in that uh, film. I liked actually the dialogue like the the new guy who was staying there like he'll say like oh there was like a riots like a year ago I don't know your friend might have died like he'll ask like whom he is looking for he mm-hmm. like he like she'll say like uh what like who stayed here is like he'll say his name and he's like how close you are to him and then he'll be saying like it is like a body and soul like oh, sure. like we were like you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like very close yeah. friend of mine <laughs> yeah. and then he'll ask for that painting but like you know he could have just like asked for that painting you would have get like okay this is her painting but yeah. like, there will be a scene explaining right. oh like her <laughs> Like painting oh, him, sure. yeah, so true. that is kind of odd. 
mm-hmm. that explanation is odd but like uh, other than that i like that mm-hmm. dialogue actually yeah, i like the also the way that his facial hair shifts yeah a whole lot in the movie based on his <laughs> like how he's feeling at the time when he's like really intense with his training he has like the beard and a lot of shots of him shirtless and i was like whoa he's super ripped actually and then uh, yeah he does he, he, he does a good transition from like looking kind of like dumpy to looking extremely ripped <laughs> and you're like the cl- i guess it's just like the clothing he's wearing because he's wearing like really baggy shirts <laughs> and, like when he takes them off he's just got all these muscles and i was like damn the same uh, actor is the lead in vishwarupam which i watched for asian action um and he does like not with changing his uh like actual look but just with like the way he carries himself a similar thing although less fun and more insulting than that one where he has he's like an undercover agent he's like a yogurt teacher and he like is really like scare quotes feminine at the beginning and like it's very like mm, and then like when he gets kidnapped then he becomes like a man he starts kicking some ass <laughs> So he's pretty good at like that body control or whatever. (laughs) Sometimes it was a little distracting when maybe it was because of reshoots or for whatever reason. But I I feel like in some of the scenes for sure it was like a fake mustache and I was (laughs) slightly distracted by that. (laughs) Actually, uh, the movie happens, I don't know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like a one like year or something. It happens Mm -hmm. like uh, over over like five six years or mm-hmm. something like that like no it's, it's it or over like almost a hundred if you count the no not not hundred <laughs> not <laughs> that long like five years maybe yeah I, I just meant because of the uh the framing device at the very beginning that's like oh like years. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like he's dying right so yeah yeah that's yeah, like it's true it's, yeah but, um i was going to talk about the scene uh where they're on the airplane talking with it's he and his mm-hmm. uh, second wife are talking about like he he basically just out and says like oh yeah i don't like gandhi and she's arguing that like no he's like done good things for us and he's you know got a lot of good teachings and and he's basically like i don't know sort of mansplaining to her a little bit like you know <laughs> like you don't understand politics and like the way that this affects mm-hmm. the rest of the world and stuff like that and i thought that was actually like a pretty interesting moment because it's some like inadvertently she sort of drags out of him like what exactly he's feeling and it's mm-hmm. the first moment where he actually like admits to someone else what's going on in his in his head basically and I, I thought that was interesting that it that happened to be with her who was kind of like not really invested in that but also like I guess her um What's the word I'm looking for? Her, her, just the fact that she's not invested in it, like, mm-hmm. makes him drop his guard in a way. Because he, he, he seems to be very guarded with everyone else who, like, is aware of the situation, and she's, like, not as aware, but, like, because of that, he'll just, like, out and say it to her. Because, you know, and, and, you know, if he had said that to someone else, they might start to get, like, suspicious of him and be like, hmm, right. this guy's got, got another agenda going on. So uh, I was kind of curious if if you know Prabhu about the like the historical context for the like uh, creation of this movie like because it feels like you know even though it's about something obviously that happened like 
50 years before that there it seems like there's some kind of political motivation for having made this movie like in the time that they did and so i was wondering if there's like any kind of you know 2000 yeah there was 1999 was like a kargil war which was like a major uh that's the biggest india pakistan war oh uh-huh uh and another thing is like uh always like you know uh probably like right after i, I was like born i was like born 1990s like you know oh sure like uh in my generation i don't know about like the one generation earlier uh, like and even in that too like you know after 80s and some like uh like there's like a big uh uh propaganda uh like towards like against gandhi mm. so like uh like uh gandhi people started to portray gandhi as like uh, uh like you know uh as a, like how would i say more of like a dictator like uh, who mm-hmm. was the cause for the in the uh, delay of indian independence and like you know who kind of uh, sidelined a lot of other leaders there's like a lot of blaming on gandhi sure uh, so which i don't like especially like all those things started from like you know like the uh, like that propaganda like started from uh uh extremists extre- like you know like mm. uh, like rss like you know yeah yeah and not uh, yeah anti muslim and mostly from hindu extremist parties like sure. the current party that rules oh, like, uh-huh. india it's like more conservative like rss is like you know, yeah so it's like the Im- they didn't want gandhi uh, like as a secular image like they started to like you know uh, like create a negative image of him and then use that like for uh, the political benefit sure uh, and kamal azan uh, and i think pretty much like all the cast members they are like are, like are, uh, appreciative of gandhi mm. like even so so it's like a um, like an attempt, attempt to, to like reframe history reframe, yeah, like yeah back to like a, yeah. no actually gandhi's cool yeah. stop making fun of him <laughs> <laughs> but yeah is gandhi cool yeah know. it's like you know also it gives the reason <laughs> right so like uh like you know the kamal problematic the sakitram characters like you know yeah. how they are manipulating to create a negative image I mean, of gandhi the hindu extremist oh, like, sure. mm-hmm. more from that point like then like you know gandhi is cool like you know yeah, yeah. Wh- why this negative mm-hmm. image is being created mm-hmm. and like the political motivations behind yeah. it yeah. yeah that's fair sure my very basic understanding is gandhi is anti-british which i'm for but pro-caste which i'm against uh gandhi was pro-caste be- like initially but he was against caste like you know he gandhi is like you no know, mm. uh like maybe like when he was like 35 or 40 he did he was not in india so like he was all these things started in south africa uh so when he was in south africa he thought like okay there is like a uh like you know uh uh used behind caste but like after he came to india and then he saw all the atrocities like uh, that is caste based on like you know, caste he, he's he condemned caste like so he moved he's not like a gandhi is like a very calm like a complex personality to understand he's not like a, yeah. a stagnant leader <laughs> so like he interacts and whenever he sees like another like things and then he changes his decision so like mm-hmm. you know a lot of people they stick to like his older like initial like stands and then they claim oh he was like this like but <laughs> like yeah. like what's mm-hmm. he, he grows like he grows actually yeah i think that that's uh i mean yeah 
I think yeah, I mean, anyone who becomes famous for like social activism, that they'll uh, their history tends to first of all people will take like the thing that everyone agrees is good, and then that becomes like almost the entirety of their history, mm. and it's like they lived in that moment. I mean, like the most obvious example is like all that Martin Luther King Jr. cared about was desegregation, and that's just really not true. Yeah. Yeah, like he was essentially a socialist at the point at which he was killed. Yeah, or, he was fighting in Tennessee for um, yeah. uh, what was it? The, the waste, rights of the rights of poor people. Yeah, it was mm. the, the rights of poor people essentially. Like that was the grouping. It was like all of the... it. It was specifically he was trying to help unionize um, people who work on garbage trucks and then dumps it. And, uh, mm-hmm. Have you seen Gandhi movie? I've seen it, but I saw it in high school in my history class. That's a pretty good movie on Gandhi, actually. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, it talks, like, it it, it tracks his growth, like, all the way from, uh, like, you know, uh, like, he stands, like, initially in... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Well, yeah, I was going to say maybe uh, another good example is, like, Malcolm X, where people always focus on, like, oh, he just said he wanted to kill white people. And it's like, he said a lot of other things that were... (laughs) And he also had, like, a really major growth at, at a certain point in his life where he was like, you know what, actually, I think that, you know, people can be brothers. And, like, that basically came from his religion as well. Like, because... He was still cool with killing white people. I mean, so yeah. I mean, to a certain yeah. extent, He was still yeah. 100% on board with the black nation and self-defense. But he was like, you know what, white people aren't the devil. They're raised to be the devil. They could be good. But right now that's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he he believed in he believed more in the, the possibility yeah. of growth at that point too, and I think that's what a lot of people like. Yeah, they they will like take him completely out of context and just be like, that's all he was about. And it's like maybe read up a little more on. Yeah, him. <laughs> it's like simplifying the personalities to their mm-hmm. convenience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, what do you guys think about the uh, soundtrack? Did you notice anything different? Like, um, was it okay? Uh, what do you mean? Like, nothing jumped out. I mean, like, was it good? Like, did you like or like? Oh, um. Or did you notice? I thought it was fine. Uh, of the three movies that we've watched so far, I thought it was the best. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that the soundtrack for Disco Dancer and LSD were not particularly good, which was sad. Yeah, I mean, LSD like doesn't even have very much music but the music when it does appear it's kind of meh and yeah i would say i agree of the three that we've watched so far i like uh the soundtrack to this the best but it's um, the the most traditional sort of like score it's yeah it's uh, it doesn't reach the heights of my favorite movies from this type of production for sure (coughs) it's not a spikis or bahubali (laughs) oh Bahubali, you like Bahubali? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I haven't seen Bahubali, but I, I'm sure that I would have liked. But Bahubali is like, you know, it's like 20 years after, right? So the technology and everything yeah. has like, in, in, like improved a lot, like sure. in India, like 20 years before. So yeah, I, I, I mean, the music is very silly in that movie, but it's very bombastic yeah. and enjoyable and uh, over the top. And everyone's just like, I'm in love. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm into that. Yeah, this is a very different kind of movie than Bahubali. <laughs> it is yeah, periodical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's interesting uh, the way in which, like, I mean, um, 
production styles change a lot like seeing like older um uh like indian films from like the 40s like it's like a like seems to mimic like hollywood like pretty precisely in terms of uh certain kinds of like i mean i'm just thinking of like a few different ones like awara which is like basically just like shot like citizen kane it's like three hours long but it's like shot like citizen kane and i was like oh that's cool this guy really likes citizen kane and that's a cool thing to like <coughs> but uh but then that there's like Whereas Cholet and disco dancer look like smash or a team yeah yeah then they just look like yeah they look like just like bad tv movies or whatever and then but then it seems like in the in the mid 2000s or even like early 2000s based on this movie the the kind of shooting style like went back towards a more like hollywood looking production it's interesting i mean i think the same thing happened in uh japan especially in the 80s i feel like the bottom just fell out of like production budgets so then a lot of 80s japanese movies everyone just was just watching sexploitation pinku films yeah, and you don't have to spend that much money to show boobs <laughs> and tvs <laughs> Uh, everyone's just watching game shows and stuff on TV, so movie industry fell apart. But uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh, but what were you gonna That's say? That's because still managed soundtrack? to make some. Cool oh yeah, I mean, I just time. was curious because there was a lot of instruments, like you know, like uh, like uh, Nadaswaram and all, like uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, like if you guys, I think it's it's kind of a new sound, like like you for you it might be, and it's. It's not like common, like even in uh, mainstream Indian films, mm. like, you know, like the, there's like a lot of traditional uh, instruments that he used. Uh, like oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I w I, like I kind of, um, I mean, I don't know anything about music in general. So like I'm usually pretty bad at <laughs> like noticing music in movies, except for like when I don't like it then I notice it, but uh, so that's like one of the things that kind of goes over my head because I don't. Like, I don't really understand, like, musical construction or, like, mm -hmm. like I, if I can hear a song and be like, I enjoy this, but I can't, like, explain why at all <laughs> <laughs> or understand why even myself. So my taste is very just uh, instinctive. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but, uh, but that's interesting. Like, so it's, like, even, uh, even in Indian films, like, it's, like, is it like older instruments that aren't as popular now or yeah i mean like cinema is a very new art form for india like mm. it's not like our art form to be to, to be say right uh, but like you know but like uh, for festivals and all uh, like we have theater mm. like you know, like folk theaters uh, and there are like other like indian classical instruments too uh, so like uh, like the marish is the score that he did for like the second marriage is exactly kind of like a similar uh, like you know if you go to a marriage in India oh uh -huh. like in South India so it'll be like that like you know oh interesting it's like yeah, very yeah. realistic so it's like, like mm -hmm. uh, it's like it's very realistic score written that's and, cool and kind of like you know yeah and also the uh, uh, the little party that they have the score for that like all so those are like uh, subtle like a uh, folk and like Indian classical elements that uh, he used for uh, like I think which is not common uh, oh, sure. like in other uh, Indian 
Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh-huh. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, uh, like a regional, like, fidelity. It's like, yeah. like, oh, this is like, what this would actually be like. Yeah. It's a and nice also, touch. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, you know, like, uh, in the, uh, the party song, like, in which the, uh, uh, so the, the song, song will be, like, in different language. Mm -hmm. So it will start, like, in one raga, like, in the same raga, mm -hmm. it will trans, like, you know, change from like one language to a different oh that's cool different language mm -hmm. and then like to a different language that's like, clever you can, uh, Netflix, so that was kind of cool yeah trying to <coughs> connect everyone yep. through music it's beautiful mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. seems to uh, maybe hint at the idea that the director wanted the one state solution <laughs> since everyone's like getting along musically right yeah. even if they're not getting along in the actual plot of the film um i don't have anything to say about this i like the fades there are a lot of cool fades but like fades from like for instance the young blind girl into like a flat flaming tree mm -hmm. so it looks like she's on fire for a moment and i was like mm. yeah that's uh <laughs> um, something watching apocalypse now there's like a whole lot of cool fades in that and i was like why did like thoughtful fades like go out of fashion? They're so cool when people do them, right? Like fading in general is it's, like not a thing unless you just like fade to black or whatever now, usually. I um, remember being like really annoyed at myself for not liking Sunset Song more because it had some of the best fades that I'd seen mm. in forever where it was like really making me feel a thing in the way that it would fade between two shots and I'm like, no director's doing this. Why can't I like this movie more? Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, I like that, like, you know, the fade thing, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, was, I was noticing, like, uh, uh, like, from the first, like, phase, like, in which the, uh, in which Kamarazan is, like, is about to die, like, is hospitalized, mm -hmm. like, they'll, like, you know, right in this, right where the, the black and white scene, like, sure. the, like, like, back, switch back and forth. So the camera will focus on his like face, like and then like you know it'll be like just a close up of it. Like his face will look like a skull, and then it will um, trans like you know it'll like uh, the shot will move to like Mohanjadar or like where they're digging the skull. Oh so yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a skull for so the um, the, the archaeology dig. Yeah, yeah, that's clever. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I if I had to guess why they've gone out of style, it would be like a planning money issue mm -hmm. and that like a good fade takes like production setup whereas like a good cut you can figure out in post-production right even if you don't know it at the time when you're shooting yeah you need too much coverage mm -hmm. like, yeah. hollywood likes coverage like, too much now so you can't like um i really like that cut in happy hour where they're at the aquarium and there's like a seal swimming in the water and then it cuts to like a kite flying in the park and they could have shot those scenes at any time and someone would have just been watching the footage through and been like oh this kite looks like that seal we should cut those two things together mm -hmm. but for instance it's the one example that everyone uses and it's a little showy and i'm not sure whether or not i would like it in the context of the film because i've never seen it but there's that fade in the cell where it's like someone's face and it fades into the desert and then the desert still looks exactly like their face mm -hmm. like the terrain or whatever 
It's like, yeah. that must have taken some time to set up. It's true. And get just right. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a really dumb fade that people talk about in, uh, what is that? Like, Brotherhood of the Wolf movie or whatever, where, uh, what's his name? The director who is, I think, married to Monica Bellucci, like, fades from, like, two mountains to, like, her boobs or something like that. Then. <laughs> Pretty gross. <Yeah. laughs> That also took a lot of time to set up, but for not a very good payoff. Should have listened to that Shakira song where she says that her yeah you don't want to get my boobs confused for mountains. <laughs> pretty good. Um, I have one more comment about the politics, and then I'll be done, and we probably need to wrap up sure. soon so I can make it to work. But um, I don't really know anything about the specific politics of this but it did kind of remind me a little bit uh relevant to my own feelings about like centrism mm -hmm. i guess because like this guy starts off as like kind of a centrist like he doesn't super want to be involved in the conflict he just wants to do his job and when people ask him he's like why can't everyone just get along we should have one state i have a muslim friend we can all be friends or whatever mm -hmm. um and then when things change for him like in a way, he's not mad at the people who attacked him and his wife. Like, he's most mad at the people who won't let him be mad at those people. Right. Which kind of reminds me of, like, centrists, like, really, like, hating the left, like, way more than they hate the right. Mm -hmm. Like, the right is supposedly the ones who are obstructing, like, what they actually want to do. But they hate the left even more. Mm -hmm. Like, extremists for peace. And like, I was like, hmm, this feels a little relevant yeah. to like yeah. our modern moment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know who's responsible for my wife getting murdered? Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> that guy who does hunger strikes. <laughs> for peace. Yeah. Yeah. For peace. <laughs> so, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, thematic popularity in um, the late 1990s, early 2000s, since that's one of the major themes of the Star Wars prequels as well. It's an unheralded part of otherwise bad movies. It's about how centrism can easily lead to fascism because right. you're just always compromising, and so therefore, an extreme position, you just keep compromising it as they go further and further extreme. Yeah, the. Yeah, I was a little bit, I mean, the last thing that I, I was, like, a little bit interested in, sort of, like, I feel like there's, like, a slight imbalance in the, like, depiction of, like, Muslims and, like, Hindu people, I don't know, but I don't know if I was, like, misreading that, but it seemed like the way in which, like, stuff happened when the Muslim people were, like, super violent versus, like, I was, like, hmm, it might seem, it seems like a little off balance, like, the way, besides yeah. uh, Shah Rukh Khan, like the way that Muslims are depicted, I was like, this makes me slightly uncomfortable. But yeah, uh, and he, he can you can see him as like a bit of a token, possibly yeah. to be like, look, we don't hate all Muslims. But, it's like, eh. Yeah, and I feel like the movie like kind of balances it out by the very end, but it takes like until that one part when like all the Hindu guys are just trying to like murder those innocent Muslims, and he kills them yeah. all before he finally gets there and i was like oh okay like he kind of finally got there but it took mm. like almost the whole movie before he showed like 
the Hindus being really, really horrible. But it's fine. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I guess gotta get anyone else any final thoughts mm -hmm. on Hiram? Yeah. Thanks for yeah. Uh, that's pretty much. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you for joining us, Prabhu. Mm -hmm. Thank you for inviting um, me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe using your podcast listening application. Give us a five-star rating review on iTunes, which you can now do in the Apple Podcast app on your phone, if you have it, um, as well as, of course, on your computer, like you've always been able to do it. Uh, and you can check out all of our content on miscannons.net. Um, and you can uh, buy stuff or just give us money <laughs> on our Patreon, patreon.com slash loose cannons. Um, thank you to our three patrons so far, Michael Quinn, Durst Nora, and Adam Underwood. Nice. Huh? Thanks, thanks. Much appreciated. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, next week, we will be discussing Mahal. The Kamal Anrohi film, yep. uh, his premiere film. The one we said um, was going to be. <laughs> I don't know if I said Oh, you, maybe you said it on the aisle. Yeah, I did. I didn't. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, okay. But, yeah. So. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening to this, mm -hmm. even though you had no idea what was coming. Well, uh. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.